I think, you know, teams have been a growing part of real estate, and I think teams will continue to be a big part of the future. I think teams are the future of real estate, right? Because the 24-hour on-demand consumer that pushes the button on Zillow or Redfin or whatever it is that wants to see a house right now, they don't want to wait for you to finish your consultation or meeting so they can get that response. And that's why teams have grown. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Hey, today's going to be a really, really great interview for you guys. We're not just going to provide value to new agents that got that just got into real estate and are trying to figure out how to get to the next level. We're also going to provide value to people that are thinking about joining teams or switching teams or have gone through that experience as they've grown in their career, but also really should provide a lot of value to people who have teams, who have people you know, that have been growing teams and have been struggling with the idea of you know, people helping them and then getting up, get, you know, getting so successful, they end up going out on their own. So we're going to cover a lot of stuff today as I interview Brett Jennings. He's the founder of the Real Estate Experts out in Silicon Valley. Brett, thanks for giving on the show. Hey, uh, Aaron, thank you so much for inviting me. Happy to, to show up and share share some knowledge today. Yeah. So so when I say Silicon Valley, where where are you out there? What are your coverage areas? You know, what's your what's your yeah. team like out there right now? Yeah, well, we we affectionately call the area we're in internally, we call it the Garden of Eden of real estate <laughs> because our average mm-hmm. price point here, median price point, San Jose, California is kind of the major metro, which most of Silicon Valley is based around. And our average price point here is about a million three. So when I get to go to conferences, you know, across the country and network with other agents, they usually want to throw rocks at us. They're like, you know, you got to, we got to sell five houses to the one that you sell. But been here for 12 years, got into real estate in right at the beginning of the downturn, literally signed up for at Keller Williams three days before Barrett Stearns collapsed. So that was in 2000, end of 2007. And it's been a, it's been a great, great journey going from being a solo agent, actually started out on a team. My second year went, uh, became a solo agent. And then my third year started building a team. And now we, uh, we run it. I have a real estate team called Brett Jennings Group, but I also own what I call uh, a team ridge. It's, it's technically a brokerage, but it's a hybrid between a team and a brokerage where agents can find a lot more opportunity uh, in the form of company generated leads, support, strong level of support and infrastructure they'd find if they were working on a team, um, and higher splits than they would at a, at a traditional team. So it's a formula that works for us. So I have five agents on my personal team. And then um, we have about 50 agents at the Team Ridge, which are more independent agents and some teams uh, that make up that 50. But uh, my personal team last year, we did about 100 transactions for 130 million in sales on my, my five agent team. And we did about 370 transactions with, at that time last year, we had about 25 agents for just under 500 million. Wow. What's the market like? What's, I mean, what's the market been like over the past 12 months out there? So the, has it yeah, been, so mean, COVID hit, what happened and what's it been like since then? Yeah, great question. Well, you know, we, we are kind of the epicenter of technology here in Silicon Valley. 
And, um, you know, I mean, work from home obviously hit everybody everywhere. COVID hit everybody everywhere. But the, the what came out of it, I think anybody in real estate would agree that we were all surprised. You know, in the first, I remember March 17th, we as a team got together because we do quarterly planning every 90 days. You know, and, and the way we run our business, we get, get together what worked, what didn't work. And I remember that meeting on March 20th or whatever. It was like the day after they announced shelter in place. And you know, it was kind of an oh shit moment, really. It was like, whoa, like, you know, w- what's happening? What's likely to happen? And I'm a, I'm a big student of the industry and the business. And I just took a quick look at, you know, what what real estate market had, what had happened in real estate markets and other pandemics. And sure enough, like things dropped 50 to 60% and that will gradually come back. So we battened down the hatches, cut expenses, you know, took some PPP funds and we were really preparing for a long winter you know, but to everyone's surprise within eight weeks, you know, uh, and, and when they started to gradually make real estate uh, an essential service, our, our market and our business really bounced back. So Q2 was a little slow in 2020, but man, you know, we are seeing what I call the untethering of uh, the American worker, especially here in tech and, you know, everyone's seeking more space. So we saw, you know, that the end of the year in Q4, we ended up with 30% more transaction volume happening because all these people, man, that if you were thinking about like moving, right, in 20, before COVID, and then you get cooped up in your house for 60 days, you're like, damn, get me the hell out of here. Yeah. And that really, really drove some transactional velocity that we're still experiencing now. And I think that's true when I talk to other agents and teams across the country, everybody's, you know, kind of feeling like, man, this is just a blitz right now. And uh, how do we, you know, position and keep ourselves ahead of it. But I think one of the things that we did early on that really helped us create some momentum and velocity was when shelter in place first happened, like the messaging, Aaron, we put out to my team was like, Hey guys, don't try to sell anything right now. Like, let's just hunker down. Let's stop. Let's pause for a moment. And what are the people that we're in relationship really need, you know? And so we uh, partnered, I remember telling my sales manager, I'm like, I mean, there's got to be old people and stuff that can't get out to the grocery store. Like, let's rally our people and do some things and maybe get groceries out to them and we can raise my funds on GoFundMe. And she's like, Brett, that's a lot of logistics. And as chance would have it, just having that strong intention, the next day we bumped into somebody um, at a property showing that was a partner at the food bank. And he's like, dude, come, come help. Like, we'll provide free groceries for any of your people who can't get out. And so we spent the first few weeks of COVID deep and volunteering just in our local community. And then with that, reaching out to our database about, Hey, you know, do you need anything? Are you okay? And we, we, uh, that, that caring, connecting and providing clarity about where real estate likely was going to go was like, it was pretty game changing. We ended up coming like flying, having a huge trajectory up with sales and deals and, and goodwill that we built through that. But yeah, anyway, a long long answer to your short question. No, it's awesome. The are you okay questions and phone calls. One of my businesses is a essentially a recurring revenue subscription service where people pay anywhere from forty bucks to a few hundred bucks a month for our data, right? For our software. And when COVID first hit, we said, "Hey, we need to we call every one of our members." And it was the same thing. I was very much in panic mode. I was like, hey, things are going to fall apart in a lot of our different businesses and fire selling some real estate. But I said, just call everybody and see how they are. See how they are, see what they need, and just let, like, and 
you know, Jack, he called every one of our members and they were like, well, what? some people are going to cancel. I'm like, some people are going to cancel, but I'd rather know now who is going to or not. And what we found was they were like, when we'd call, they're like, you're not calling something. No, we're just calling to see if you're okay. And there'd be people that would ask Jack to pray for him. There'd be people that they, he, they were like vent to him for an hour or two. They, there were other people that were just like, you know, it was just such an, a strange time. And it ended up creating just a crazy amount of goodwill, but also then changed the way that I even look at business and some of those businesses, because so much of business can be a widget, can be a transaction. And yeah. by, le- by leading with the, hey, are you okay? Like, yeah. really, like, we're not, this is, there's no catch. We're just calling to check on you because it's a crazy time. And leading it with that in business of how actually that's also a really good business decision was fascinating to see that kind of play out. So you guys, so there's a bunch of transactions going on out there, really high price points, a big year. Where did you, so back in 2008, when you first got started, were you out in, in the Bay Area then? Yeah, yeah. No, it started, started um, kind of homegrown, was born at, at Stanford Hospital, right in the center of, of, uh, of Silicon Valley, and then grew up, yeah, in the area that we're, we're in. I moved away for a while, spent a few years living in Tahoe, a year living in La Jolla uh, in my 20s, just, you know, doing some surfing and snowboarding and stuff. But just ended did, up coming back, coming back here. How did you leave La Jolla? The I uh, I always still dream of the days when I lived on the Central Coast in California and I had a yeah. nice, nice little oceanfront apartment when I was twenty, it, and I didn't know life would never be that good again. It, well, I left La Jolla for Tahoe, and I'm I'm more of a mountain guy than I am a beach guy. I love the beach, I love the mountains, but give me one or the other, and I'll pick the mountains. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, but um, yeah, no. One of the things though you just touched on though was this whole thing about being human right? Like your, your outreach that you did with your company. And I think, you know, that can sometimes get lost, right? Like we get so focused in real estate on like knocking out the next deal and what's the best script to use for this. But like, we forget that, you know, people want to be related to as a human first and how far that goes. Cause you know, one, one of the things that I've heard said is real estate is all about relationships until it's about real estate. Yeah. You know, and that, that that uh, seems to be true. You know, it's like how how much further and how much better our business goes if you know we're quality human first and then and then get after it. But you know, if you do both, you have awesome strategies, tactics, and scripts, and you're a great human. Man, you're unstoppable. And you're unstoppable. And and the human connection is it goes so much in the world of Zoom and the world of remote stuff. When you get to people need a human connection, we need more than we had before. When people weren't went and worked in offices, everybody had different levels of human connection. Even if they weren't super, they like interacted with people all day long. And now that they're not interacting with the, with each other all day long, the human connection is so much more important. And yeah, if you uh, if you're if you've got the skills and you lead with human first, then yeah, you're un, you're unstoppable. Real Estate Rockstars, this is a commercial break from our biggest podcast sponsor we have right now, Rent Ready. It can be fun getting a new real estate deal, but it can be tough managing your properties after the fact, especially if you're long distance investing or trying to manage multiple properties by yourself. That's why we're here to tell you about Rent Ready. Rent Ready is a property management software that not only makes it easier to manage all your real estate deals from one platform, but they also have the best customer service support in the biz. They're an all-in-one app that lets you easily manage properties, collect rent, list units, screen tenants, sign leases, all from your phone or computer. Imagine all of your real estate doors right in your pocket. How awesome is that? The best part is it's so affordable, one flat price for everything. Unlimited properties, 
tenants and support with a real live human. And I have to add in there, that's a new business model that not a lot of people are doing. There's like this freemium model where people say, hey, you can try this, but as soon as you grow, it's gonna cost you a lot of money. Or they kind of punish you when you get too many emails on your list or too many companies. They aren't gonna punish you when you grow. They're not gonna charge you more when you get 10, 20, 30 rentals. They're gonna charge you the same when you have two or three as they will when you have 50 or 60. So you have a nice fixed cost, all software, all in one place. Check it out, Rent Ready, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com. And if that's not enough, Rent Ready is giving our listeners a special code you can use to get a whole year of Rent Ready for just $54. Use code R-O-C-K-S-T-A-R-50, that's Rockstar50, and sign up for Rent Ready's annual plan at rentready.com. Again, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com with code Rockstar50 to get Rent Ready for only $54. So 2008, you became an agent. That was at a time mm-hmm. when the only stuff on the market, though, was like short sales from builders or people getting foreclosed on. What was it like your first year in real estate? How did you get your first deals? Yeah, that's a great question. So interestingly enough, it, you know, my, my journey through both real estate and just being an entrepreneur is about turning lemons into lemonade. So what happened for me was when I very first started, one of the first transactions I got that landed in my lap, I started a real estate investor group uh, as a part of a business building lead generation tactic, right? So I put this up on, um, what was it, meetup.com. And uh, I'd host, because my, my background, I had done some real estate investing before I'd gotten into real estate. And I thought that would be a good venue for me. So one of the first deals that landed in my lap was a short sale and of a gal who was leaving to go to dental school. And she reached out to me and said, Brett, you know, I've got two properties. One I live in and rent out rooms. The other one, I just rent out rooms. And I think these things may be worth less than, you know, I mean, I owe more than they're worth. Can you help me? And I was like, you know, I haven't done a short sale before. And this was right at the leading edge of it. Right. But I'm committed to helping you and I'll figure it out. And I, and in my previous real estate investing experience, I had taken a property back in foreclosure where we had done a hard money loan and had to take it back. So I knew a little bit about the nuances of, you know, and then notice defaults and foreclosure process, et cetera. So I got the first short sale done in like five weeks. I got the second one done in six weeks. And then Aaron, I got a phone call from the title company and they're like, Hey, what are you doing? Because we haven't seen these short sales since the nineties and they're starting to stack up in our offices. You've got these things done very quickly. While most of their agents are like taking three, four months and they're pulling their hair out. Would you be willing to teach a class with our, our senior escrow officer to other real estate agents on how to get these short sales done? I'm like, well, I'm not an expert, but I'll, I'll share what I know. You know, I've always come from that place of contribution and giving. Like, I don't come from a scarcity mindset. If it's always like, look, man, I'll share what I know because I know I'm confident in my ability to execute. <laughs> you know, you just you, you can go to a seminar and you know that like people take notes and stuff, but only three percent of the people actually go implement. So I've never been never been worried about that. So I, anyway, I taught this class with the escrow officer four sessions at like four different you know, real estate offices. Anyway, by the end of this, it's my, mind you, this is like my, I don't know, sixth, seventh or eighth month in the business. When I finished those classes, I got 50 agents coming to me going, dude, Brett, I got one of these short sales coming up. Here's my card. I'll deal with the homeowner. You deal with the bank. We'll split the deal. And so I was like, okay. But now I had this challenge on my hands because if you've ever done a short sale, you remember in the old days, you had to sit on hold for like two hours with Bank of America, Wells Fargo, whatever, for every file 
every week. And I had 50 of these things. So then I quickly had to kind of build a whole short sale processing company. I did that. And then we started processing files for the agents. All of a sudden I become this magnet for distressed property. I've got two or 300 distressed property listings. And then I'm back in the game of real estate investing uh, where I partnered with an investor and we ended up doing a ton of flips together um, coming out of that. But so is that 2008 that, you did your first short sale or is it still uh, 2008, 2008? I think it was my 2007 or 2008 was my first short sale. Yeah, that was, a, I mean, that was a really interesting time. Listeners have heard me talk about it a, a lot, but it was you know, 2009 I went from being a home builder in you know, central coast of California in 2006 to 2007 market starts crashing. We moved to Sacramento keeps crashing. And by, you know, beginning of 2009, the only game in town was short sales and REOs. And we started, you know, we couldn't figure out how to get them from agents. We couldn't, you know, we were always, we couldn't figure out how to get the REOs because they were selling to their friends. Because even in 2009 felt like we were late to the game. So we started buying on the courthouse steps. And with that business, we were totally early. We were one of the first. And so it was just it's a similar kind of growth to what you had. We're going from, we went from no transactions as flips. So we figured out this new thing. And also we were doing dozens and dozens and dozens every month. And so it was very quickly like, oh, we found a vein. We found a business that nobody knows about. We figured out how to fix it, you know, how to make a better mousetrap. And then also it took off really, really quickly. So your, so, so your real estate stuff grew really quickly. You focused on short sales. The, you formed a team to do that. Eventually short sales ran out, but what Correct. did you, what would you have, knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself as an early agent, you know, you come in to get your license, what advice would you give to those people that are just getting licensed or thinking about getting licensed that you wish you would have known? Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I think my secret to success in that, in that chapter of my, my real estate career was this principle called master the market of the moment, you know? find out what are the nuanced like understandings or niches that are, you know, in, in the, in the industry right now that are outperforming, you know, uh, the rest of the business, because we had 40% of the agents left real estate, you know, between 2008 and 2012. And at the same time, like my business was doubling or tripling year over year. And, and that I think exists in any climate, right? So part of the thing in, in, um, and Aaron, we're part of this group, GoBundance, that really emphasizes this is you got to have a ground game and you got to have an air game. You know, your ground game is your day-to-day, -day, in the grind, hustling, doing what you need to do to make money. And your air game is like take, being able to take the time to take a step back and look at the bigger picture and see, hey, you know, what, what, what's happening? And so I've taken that, that philosophy and just applied it consistently, you know, to the rest of my business. So, I, for example, when I was knee-deep in it and things were we're crushing it with short sales. I started thinking, okay, well, Hey, this isn't going to last forever. Like where, where are things going? And I was clear that we were going to probably come back to a normal market. And at that time in 2011, 12, like real estate teams were starting to emerge and like, wow, we're seeing like these people who are super successful doing hundreds of transactions. And now these teams are doing thousands. Right. But at the time in 11 and 12, you, you, you met a team leader who was doing 100, 200, 300 transactions. It was like remarkable. And just looking at kind of where those, those pockets of opportunity were or those people or segments of the industry that were outperforming. So I'm like, dude, I want to build a real estate team. And, you know, my background coming out of college, I worked for Tony Robbins for two years. And that was probably like the best on the job training I could have gotten as an entrepreneur, or as, you know, in, in anything, just because it just taught me that whole principle of modeling, like, you don't need to be the smartest kid in class. 
you just need to sit next to them and take good notes. So, and that became my philosophy and it really helped us accelerate, you know, to, to, to double, you know, everything we've done in our business year over year. I mean, we had a couple of years where things flattened out. I call those foundational years. You're trying to set the stage for the next push up, but that's, 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 that's what it's been, man. Yeah. I really like that. Like figuring out the, figuring out the, like the thing of the moment, like what is the big thing of the moment? I remember, you know, 2012 when foreclosures were gone, I was thinking, man, that was a, I had no idea that I was in the middle of like history being made and how big of an opportunity this was. And then yeah. I got a, a second chance at it in 2015 in a new state where nobody was in the business. By that time, I actually knew like, okay, this is history in the, mo- in the making. I need to take big advantage of this now. And then I kind of feel like that's, you know, happened this last year, going to be happening this next year. I think over the next couple of years, we're going to have a lot of like things of the moment, right? And so being able to become an expert at whatever the opportunity is, understanding it may be a once in a lifetime opportunity, but being quick to also say like, look ahead. So I, I love that philosophy of it's not just try it. I've, I've lived through a few of those ups and downs and a few of those markets. And now I look back and go, man, I wish I would have realized then how big of a deal this is. And I think maybe a message to agents now is yeah. pay attention to what you're in because any month, anything, the thing that happens now or six months from now or a year from now could be the moment of a lifetime, right? That, we're, that we've got. And so knowing when to go all in and say, hey, this is, this is a thing that's working. It may only be a six or nine or 12, you know, 12 month opportunity. Let's, uh, let's go all in. Yeah, let's ride that pony until it gets across the finish line or whatever, wherever that may be. Wherever it is. Like it, again, yeah. I, I remember when I first started flipping houses, I told my wife, like, this is only going to last a year, right? Foreclosures are only going to last a year. So we, so, we, so, you know, we'll see how, how we can, how we can do this. And at that time, scaling up was going to 10 houses a month. And, you know, we still, and, and anyway, we should have done a hundred back then. Yeah. So, well, I, I mean, I feel like we're, we're, we're in one of those phases, at least my personal experience with our business. Uh, one of those phases right now that, you know, there, there's the, there's this convergence of market forces and changes in real estate that are driving, you know, an exponential growth um, in our business and the business of other real estate agents and teams and stuff right now. Yeah. The so let's jump to your team bridge thing that you talked about. So this, yeah. you know, this is a section of so so a lot of stuff about you know new agents out there. I mean, so much value we just already offered for people that have been around for a long time too. But about the team bridge stuff, you said you had a problem with you know, in the team where people would get really, really, or, or maybe other people were having this problem where someone would get so good on the team that all of a sudden they didn't need you anymore. And essentially you were having to rehire every couple of years. And I was at a, I was at a barbecue this last weekend and there was an agent there, you know, out of field, out of like Baltimore, big team. Right. And he was talking about the turnover that happens and how do you, yeah. how, do you how do you manage turnover? How do you keep people from leaving? Yeah. And I think that, so I, I think, you know, teams have been a growing part of real estate, and I think teams will continue to be a big part of the future. I think teams are the future of real estate, right? Because the 24-hour on-demand consumer that pushes the button on Zillow or Redfin or whatever it is that wants to go see a house right now, they don't want to wait for you to finish your consultation or meeting so they can get that response. And that's why teams have grown. The challenge with team owners and team the team model, you know, and I, I Gary Keller was a big influence in, in my success and my career. Uh, and I think he's a genius in a lot of ways, but one of the things I remember him sharing with me was like, look, you know, for all you team leaders out there who want to build these teams, most of you, you want to hire people, pay them as little as possible, take all the credit 
And then you expect your talented people to stay. And, you know, you said, what kind of business do you want to own? Do you want to own a business that's got constant churn and turnover? Or do you want to grow with, with, with high, high margins, but a lot of frustration? Uh, or do you want to own a business that's a bigger business, maybe with slightly lower margins, but if you scale it, you have a bigger net profit and it's much more durable. And that really kind of hit me between the eyes because what I recognized in Silicon Valley was we have the most educated consumer base in the country here. Like everyone works in tech. They got an advanced degree, probably a master's or something. And what I found was when I just hired brand new agents to, to work with them as buyers, they, they had, these guys, pretty smart people, had this expectation that the person who's sitting across the table from them to help them with real estate is at least as sharp at their craft as they are about theirs. And so it was hard to get brand new agents to get this conversion. And so I did have to hire more experienced agents. And what we found was like, you know, I could take an agent that was doing five, six deals a year, put him on the team, leverage him up with leads and support and get him cranking 20 to 30 deals. And then at year two, I'd say, Brett, this is awesome. I'm making tons of money. And, you know, I kind of would like to do my own thing. I think I got this figured out. But invariably, they would leave the team. They would go from doing 20, 20 to 30 deals, going to, they do more than they did originally, but maybe doing like nine, 10, 11 deals, you know, and I, and I did exit interviews with these people like, Hey, do you want to do more business? But, you know, but you're just taking it easy. I'm like, no, I do want to do more business, but you know, that team environment with like lots of leads, lots of opportunity, lots of support and the camaraderie, like helped me push to a higher level. So, so as I was having that turnover, I went to Gary and Keller and I'm like, dude, what do I do, man? And he said, Brett, you need to think bigger. Like your role, I, I mean, I, this is emblazoned in my mind, right? It's a quote, but I like, it stuck with me. He said, your role as a leader is to consistently expand your world so that your best people can live out their greatest ambitions within it. And ironically, it's something that Gary told me that eventually caused me to leave Keller Williams and start my own brokerage and find this model where I could offer kind of leads, systems, and support that people would find inside of a team but a, a, but a higher split structure than they could at a brokerage. Because what ends up happening, why people leave real estate teams is, you know, those agents get more accomplished and they have their peers that are doing their own deals and they're getting a higher split on that sphere of influence. Most agents will still be happy to work, like, you know, throw a deal in their lap that somebody's highly motivated, ready to list a house or buy a house. They'll pay 50, you know, 50, they'll take a 50% split on that. I think most sensible agents would. But where agents get to is that they want a higher split on that business that they generate on their own. And traditional teams don't offer that. So we, we, we uh, landed on a, a variation of the model where we said, okay, well, if the agents just have to have more experience, they're going to earn the right to it. And that's what, that's what we landed on, Aaron. And so what, what it's enabled us to do is I still have my real estate team, you know, that, that traditional team splits around 50, 50, 40, 60, depending on the, the source of business. But on the brokerage side, you know, the agents get an 80-20 split on their self-generated business. And we still drive a lot of business to those guys. About a third of the business they do, we provide the leads for them. And they pay us a 30% or 35% referral fee. So we're still net 50-50 on those deals. But I got retention that I never had before and growth. So we were able to 10x, you know, our business in about uh, an 18-month period of time with this new model. And I do think with the portal, like, you know, what we're going to see in the next 36 months is the, what I'm calling the industrialization of real estate. Like in every major metro in the country, you're going to have these mega teams and they're 50 to hundred agents. They're not like a brokerage. They run more like a team. Uh, they do thousand plus transactions. 
And I, and I think we're going to see that. And it's going to be driven. A lot of lead, lead gen is driven in partnerships with the portals. Like we, we, uh, we used to do paid advertising with Zillow and they came out with their flex program, which is basically a referral fee model. That's performance based. The better it's the better you perform, the more leads you get. Uh, and they measure the customer experience and conversion rates and all these things. And it's, it's provided like amazing, predictable growth for us, you know, because those, those clients that come in, we deliver an amazing experience for them. And we pick up, you know, every one of those transactions turns at least to uh, another organic transaction from referrals. So anyway, that like, I, I think that's where things are headed for, for, for real estate in the next 36 months, we're going to see, you know, fewer agents doing more deals, bigger teams that are coming and you know the average part-time agent is really i think gonna probably get squeezed out most of them out of the business because these competitive forces over the next you know 24 to 36 months yeah because they're going to be able to grow so you you decided it was really changing a philosophy of the idea that hey it was okay to have it was okay to let have agents and team members keep more of the commission than the other structures that were out there not team members but the agents on the, the, the team ridge side. Yeah, I still the, run my team. Yeah. Right. So you have your team as that structure, but but creating that team ridge side where essentially members of your of your brokers and scenario, it's really they were going to earn more of the stuff. Yeah, they were going to get to keep more of what they earned, like, yeah. especially compared to everybody else. And the concept behind it was that amazing quote that you said from Gary that was it, it was something like you have to make your world big enough to where your best people can live out their biggest dreams inside your world. Exactly. Right? So the, exactly. That is, yeah, it, go ahead. No, no, but that, that's, you know, I, I remember. <laughs> I'm going to remember that. Like that's a different I, philosophy. It's a whole different game plan. It, it, especially if you bring talented people in your world, if you bring talented people in your world, that's how you know true talent. Cause they push you. They go, Aaron, okay, I've done, dude, I'm ready. What's next. Where are we going next? And if you bring talented people in your world and you adopt that philosophy, like they're under your wings, man, they're going to push you up and, and really stretch you uh, beyond your comfort zone, probably fast, well, certainly faster than you would on your own. And that's what I found. But dude, when I hindsight, I look back, it's, it's flipping remarkable. Like I took a girl, I don't say took her. I mean, I, I like to say, I don't, I, I don't create winners. I help winners win bigger and faster. Mm-hmm. You know, here was a girl, she did 10 deals on her own at Keller Williams. She came onto my team for a year uh, and did 36 transactions, really mastered like how to do high volume, high velocity real estate at high, and with high service and high touch. And then um, her second year with me, I said, let's do this. Let's help you build a team. And so she added an agent, did 50 deals that next year. Uh, and she went from, you know, her first year with that 10 deals, I think she made like 150 grand on my team. She did 36 deals and made like 300. Then the year three, she did 50 transactions, uh, made about 600,000. And then last year we added two more team members to her team and she did 90 million for 2.1 million in GCI and about a $1.5 million net. And like, dude, like changed her life, you know? And so it's super cool. Like I'm getting the most satisfaction of like, you know, helping elevate other people. And, and, uh, I think it was magic Johnson. I got to hear him speak. Uh, recently at a conference and he's like, man, now at this stage where I'm at, I just measure my success by the number of people that I can really help make successful. And so I'm, I'm, I'm looking to adopt that. And um, yeah, it's cool. Cause we, we, 
this team ridge model where we set up a platform and we help these struggling team owners. It's hard to build teams, man, to get the systems and the people and all that stuff. Right. And we let these people come in and just leverage everything that we've set up. And I've got a, another guy like who was building a team for a few years at Keller Williams did like 20 million last year, six months time. He's doing 20 million a month, you know? So anyway, it, it's, it's, uh, it's cool to help other people succeed when you really land on something that works. Yeah. And, th- and some of those examples are huge growth and what a, what a cool mindset change to be because as business owners, we think we think about so much the risk and the reward and the profit and the loss. Everyone wants to share when you make a big profit on a house, but when you lose a hundred thousand dollars profit on a house, nobody wants to share in that. I mean, and, and we've, as investors, we've experienced so many of that. So we get a mindset where it's like, Hey, no, the reason that this is your pay is because yes, sometimes it's really profitable, but sometimes it isn't. But with uh, this other mindset, you're like, no, there's, you know, you can do it. All right. I got, kind of one little fire round question for you and it would just be you know what what's the number one trick to get your offer accepted right now if you're representing buyers agents in this crazy uh, buyers in this crazy market well i'm going to give you two answers because one is this may or may not be available in your market um the first is see what options that you have to facilitate or make your buyer a cash buyer uh there's a company out there called Homelight. They were really an agent matching service at first, but they have a mortgage lending division now and they have a product called cash close. And basically they'll pre-approve a buyer with a traditional mortgage, but then approve them as a cash buyer. So we can go out, write cash offers for them with an eight day close. Cause the, uh, and then they basically, once they get that offer accepted, they start the underwriting process for the traditional mortgage. They'll close in eight days, hold the deed until the traditional mortgage is underwritten. And then the homeowner and the buyer gets that, gets that house. It's it's a cool, cool innovation. So it may or may not be available in all markets, but if, you know, I I would look into it, be the first name because cash offers have the highest or three, three times more likely to get your offer accepted in a competitive situation if it's all cash. But, but, but secondly, you know, or, or outside of that, I would say just a general principle, show up like no one else and do your homework build rapport with that listing agent, you know, be proactive and visible and communicate with them and, 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 you know, not where you pester them, but you're friendly, you're polite, you're nice. Um, and, and make sure that, you know, you, you do all the right things and write a clean offer and, and make the job for the listing agent easy, you know, put a, put a cover page with a summary of all your terms on the offer. Uh, that you send your offer. So the listing agent doesn't have to unpack, you know, 30 pages of a PDF to, to to figure out what all the terms are right and just and that's probably probably the best thing uh that you can do besides you know letting your buyers know that it's going to be competitive and they're going to get uncomfortable because nothing in this market i probably speak this for the whole country no one's getting anything worthwhile in this market in their comfort zone (laughs) yeah so yeah Every, everything is a stretch right now. Well, Brett, there's going to be a bunch of people that are going to reach out to you. They're going to want to learn more about your team bridge model. There may even be some people out there in San Jose that want to talk to you more about what you're doing. Yeah. What's, what's the best way for people to find you? Dude, I'm, I'm happy to, to, uh, to, to help. You can, you can look me up on Facebook, you know, Brett Jennings in San Jose, Silicon Valley. You can DM me there. Um, we also have a blog that we set up. It's called Be A Real Expert. I've mm-hmm. uh, got some great uh, tactical training tips for, you know, we, we did a, a series on getting your buyer's offers accepted. A lot of great stuff there. Um, so check out the blog, Be A Real Expert. And uh, if you are in the San Francisco Bay Area or in California, 
and you're looking to grow, reach out. Um, I'll be happy to do a strategy session with you. If you go to the blog, you can request a strategy session. Even if we decide not to work together, or it doesn't make sense. I'll, I'll still lend my perspective and see what I can do to help you grow your business. That's awesome. what I love to do. Brett, great stuff today. So much value for so many listeners. The thank you for coming on the show and Real Estate Rockstars. Thanks for listening. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Have a great one. You too. All right, Real Estate Rockstars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents. And we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every punny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate, how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.